welcome to Ready Sex Chat. If you Googled me, you probably realize I am not Mother Teresa. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what's sure to be your next guilty pleasure. I don't know about you guys, but I am seriously looking at all these bitches on Instagram that are traveling around the world, and I am low-key jealous. I see girls in Mykonos, in Ibiza, Saint-Tropez, with their sugar daddies, having a good old time. And I'm like, well, that must be nice. Because here, that is not the case. Nope. I thought we were moving forward, and here we are back in lockdown, but that is quite all right. You know why? Because I have you to keep me company, and hopefully I am here to keep you company. And today, we are going to dive into something sexy. We're going to dive into some questions that have come up quite a bit, not only on the Ready Sex Chat Instagram and the Ready Sex Chat Twitter, but in my everyday life. Fans, many times when I get approached at the airport or at the market, wherever they find me, which by the way, I have the best fans ever. You guys, you are the most respectful ladies and gentlemen I can ever ask for. Anytime you guys see me out and about, you're always like, Miss B, can I come? Can I come take a picture? Can I say hi? I'm really grateful. I'm always so thankful that my fans are basically the best. So thank you so much for that. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to talk about anal threesomes and dirty talk. Because again, those are the top three most taboo questions I get asked about within our industry and about myself personally. So let's dive right in. Grab a cocktail or a cock, whatever you got. Good old anal sex. I think there was a movie where a girl somewhere in college or wherever she was said that she was the everything but girl, meaning that she was a virgin because she only had sex up the ass. I laughed at that, but then I started thinking, oh my God, do people really think this way? Does our youth really think this way? Who the fuck thinks this way? But that's besides the point because I'm not here to tell you what to think. I'm just here to kind of guide you through the porn realm of certain topics. And this one in particular is quite interesting because there's some things that I didn't know about anal sex and stop me if you've heard it. But back in the day, apparently anal sex was founded in ancient Peruvian machi culture. And I apologize to anyone listening who is part of that culture but it's spelled M-O-C-H-E, so it's either machi or mocha machi. I apologize. In their everyday use of potteries and plates, images of people having anal sex were found. And in ancient Greece and Rome, men were believed to be attracted to both. So the concept of homosexuality and heterosexuality did not exist. And so basically everyone was bi. I say good for them, and that leads me to assume that people did not have a shortage of dates back then because everyone liked everyone. (laughs) But anal did not become this taboo subject until the rise of certain religious beliefs. 
yes, Christianity. But no, I'm not going to dive into religious aspects. These are just kind of the facts that I came across on my research. There was a passage in Genesis that literally led to the sodomy laws. Punishment such as fines and imprisonment, depending on where you lived, was given to you for anal sex. Could you imagine living nowadays and having someone in the government tell you what to do? Hmm. Interesting. But in the 1960s, Illinois became the first state to repeal this law against consensual sodomy. And in 2003, Lawrence v. Texas had the sodomy laws in Texas removed, making sex between members of the same sex legal. Basically, society said that it was okay was when it was off the law books. Pretty wild, if you ask me. And then came the year of the booty, which was about 2014. Popular culture made it basically kind of normal to stare at a woman's ass and be like, damn, bitch look good. Why? We had J-Lo. We had Kim Kardashian, which applause to our number one porn star. And Nicki Minaj, you know, we had women like this kind of walking around on mainstream media. And now men and women were admiring really, really big booties. What if that 2003 Lawrence versus Texas law didn't pass? What if Illinois didn't come through in the 1960s and say, nope, consensual anal sex is quite all right. What would have happened? something to think about it definitely leads us to where we are now because thankfully even though it's a subject that's been around since the beginning of time porn has opened the wave for certain sexual discussions to be had and i'm extremely proud of that because real clinical facts that are accurate should be available to everyone let's be real Teens are extremely sexually active, especially nowadays, and a lot's needed to be discussed. A lot of real important information should be had between families and their homes, but that's not my job. My job is not to educate your teen or educate your husband or your wife or your girlfriend. Not my job. I'm here to entertain. So let's go ahead and have a nice juicy conversation about anal in porn. And the number one question that I get all the time about anal in porn is, do I like it? Yes and no. Working on a movie set is just like any other job with its perks, of of course. But basically, some days you want to be there and others you don't. Some days, frankly, i rather have a motherfucking root canal than take a hard dick up my ass. But hey, life goes on. So why don't I cancel on those days? Why do I show up? Well, if you listen to my previous episodes, I went into pretty good depth as to what a typical day looks like. Actually, my Dear Mia Khalifa episode, uh, number two, kind of gives you a really good insight as to the amount of administrative work that goes on before penetration even happens. So from booking to penetration, there's so many moving parts. So if I wake up on a Monday and decide to, you know what? I don't feel like fucking today. No, Bridget wants to stay in bed, 
eat some bonbons and watch Married with Children. Well, sure, one has a total right to cancel. No one is forcing you, much like whatever job you're doing, my job is not forcing me to be there. However, there are consequences for not showing up to work. Your consequences might be different than mine. Me not canceling is not only because of that, the consequences, but it's also because it's just not the cloth that I was cut of. You know, it's, I don't roll that way. The key to my success as an actress has been my work ethic and respect for my industry. How do I show that respect? Well, if I cancel, I leave a crew to scramble for my replacement, a makeup artist possibly late for her next job, a director paying for a location fee, and a PA calling to see my agent or someone else's agent as to who is available to replace me that day. And then you have a co-worker who's waiting for you and so on. It's a domino effect. So unless I am sick or dead, you best believe I'm showing up. Which leads me to my anal prep. (laughs) What a great segue. All of that and then boom, anal prep. It all leads to the same because if I got booked on Monday for an anal scene, I am already prepping for it on Sunday. How? Well, there's a lot of things that go on for anal prep, ladies and gentlemen. And for me, what works for me does not necessarily work for every other actress. But for me, I watch what I eat the day before. I stop ingesting solid food after about 8 p.m. I take anti-gas tablets. I drink lots of water the morning of. I wake up at least three hours before my call time. I avoid coffee. I drink electrolytes. While in the shower, I'll insert a butt plug to warm me up. I use my enema to cleanse my butt and I drive to set with the butt plug in so that I'm already nice and warm when penetration begins in about four or five hours after makeup is done, after pretty girl set photos are done, and after stills are done. And then once Bridget B gets to set and my makeup is done and all of that, I have to avoid the catering because if a director is doing two or three movies a day, obviously everyone has to eat. So at some point, I am sitting there waiting for everyone to finish their food so that I can start shooting. Oh, did I forget? Did I forget to mention that my co-star has to decide whether or not to do stills or video first because we have to make sure that he stays hard the whole time. A lot of shit goes on, doesn't it? No pun intended there either. (laughs) So with all of that being taken into account for an anal scene to even occur on porn, you best believe I am not fucking canceling. Nope, I am not. I, I care too much about my fellow co-workers, and my own personal reputation as an artist to let anything that might be happening in my private life get in the way of my work. I've always said it that you kind of just have to put your big girl panties on, stay strong, and face the day. And I have nobody handing me money on a daily basis, so I have to work for what I make. So I'll be damn sure to make it on that set. Not only am I going to show up, but I'm going to be happy and grateful to be there. I mean, let's let's be real. I 
I am very aware that my career is not only chosen by me, but it's also wanted by many. And I am extremely lucky to be in the position that I am to be able to be creative on a daily basis. So I will make sure that the negative shit stays in the car. So when we say that porn showcases a fantasy, it truly is the case. Anyone that's paying for their entertainment doesn't need to see or even want to see all of this shit that's happening beforehand. I mean, much like a Hollywood movie, the final product is all that matters. I love the movie Independence Day. I love how Will Smith goes up and yanks this alien out of whatever thing he comes out of and smokes a cigar and all that shit. I love it. But I also don't want to know how he trained for it three months in advance. I don't care that the director had to find XYZ actors because of the budget or any of that. That's not my problem. My my money is going towards a final product. My money is going towards the entertainment. So porn is absolutely no different. So when I get asked how quote-unquote normal people can incorporate anal with their partners, I always say that desire is a very first thing. If your girl is not open to the idea of it, it's not because she can't, because trust me, we all can. It's because she doesn't want to. And as you can tell, just for me to do it for work takes a lot of freaking prep. So my best advice is to always introduce it slowly. A lot is to be said about knowing what your partner likes. So by introducing it through foreplay, through shopping for different kind of lubes, through shopping for different sex toys that can help the cause is definitely a great starting point. At the end of the day, we have cameras to look out for. We have locations. We have noise, we have lighting, we have makeup, we have lingerie, we have heels. There's a whole plethora of things that are occurring before penetration even begins. So don't be discouraged if in your private life, anal doesn't quite look like what you're watching in the movies. Another popular subject that's come up has been the threesome, the elusive threesomes, Mm, such a common fantasy, but not a common behavior. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen, unless you live in, what is it, Utah, most likely your next door neighbor isn't having a threesome daily. But for me to book a threesome, all three actors have to sign off on the booking. You don't just show up on set and see two naked people. My agent texts me weeks or days before, and I already know who the other two are. So this is where it gets tricky. Because every fantasy needs a different dynamic. I have been a mill for quite a while. And I pride myself in projecting certain characteristics onto myself as an adult entertainer to make the infamous stepmom movies be entertaining to watch because I'm obviously pretending. So unless otherwise specified, if a studio asks me for me to be kind of, you know, campy and silly, I'll make Bridget be that character of that particular movie as natural and as 
organic as possible because that's always just been my approach to all of my scenes. So if my threesome casting is where I am the stepmom, which is a very typical character for me, I'll make sure that my co-stars are of the more young starlet, naivete-like qualities so that my dominating approach is more believable. A director is never going to put a more established co-star such as, let's say, Lisa Ann or Kendra Lust or Sherry DeVille or Brandy Love, etc. with me towards a younger guy because then it would be two MILFs and a guy. Sexy and fun, but not what that particular scene is looking for. See what I'm saying? So the homework behind the scenes is imperative for the sex to come off as organic and natural as possible. And another factor that I look into is just the plain and simple, are both of them on my yes list? I am very cautious and I am very careful to make sure that whoever I'm with will give me the best possible scene. I don't just have anal sex with anyone. My very first rule known not only with my agent, but throughout the industry is that I must first work with my male co-star in a more basic scene before I agree to anal. Everyone's different, but that's just my own personal rule. If both of them are on my yes list, great, game on. If one of them isn't and the other one is, then I need to have a chat with the director in the studio and see if I'm going to cancel myself out or is another person able to be replaced? Is that person, does that person have me on their yes list? Does that person have me on their no list? So in order for a three-way to be wonderfully entertaining, all three partners have to agree and that's before we even get on set. So the threesome, a common fantasy, but not a common behavior. In 2014, the University of Quebec found that having sex with two women was one of the five fantasies endorsed by 84% of the men in their study and the 4,175 Americans by the Kinsey Institute. Men between 18 and 87, by the way, anyone who's fucking at 87 is more power to you, their number one fantasy was threesomes. So it's safe to assume that it appears to be motivated by curiosity and the behavior is often a one-time experience unless the couple are swingers and that's just a whole nother episode. And then there's the good old double standard. Women who participate in threesomes are often seen as much more negative. That goes for a lot of sexual practices and that's a whole nother episode. But when all is said and done, I think that the biggest question to ask is why do you want to have a threesome? If it's to recreate a movie of mine, don't even bother because I love them. But just because I love the movie Rocky doesn't mean I'm going out trying to knock someone out on a ring or trying to go up a million staircases. If you're married, are you wanting to watch your wife have sex with another man to sort of, you know, assert that dominance or just get kind of the arousal of observing her? Or are you just sick of the moral and stifling societal codes and you just want to rebel? If it's used as a means to find a creative solution to some of your sexual concerns, then it's best to thread lightly. 
okay? Porn is just fantasy. Luckily, when one doesn't engage in anal or three ways, you can just, you know, go on the internet or pop in a movie and your DVD player if you still own one and enjoy it just as a spectator. Just because you see it being done doesn't mean you have to do it yourself. It's all what your body wants to do and there's nothing more beautiful than respecting it and showing it the love that it deserves. Bobby. Oh. oh my god, my pussy's so wet for you. You're such a dirty girl. Does daddy like this? Oh my god, baby, you're so big. I can't even take it. Oh my god, you feel so good. I just want to be your girl. I just want to be your little slut. Okay. Well, that is a brief little example of dirty talk. Yes. My favorite amongst them all. There's not one movie I've done where I haven't dirty talked. (laughs) Why? Because who wants to watch a silent movie unless you're muting it because you're at work or because you don't want your husband to hear or because you're in the bathroom using your vibrator and Dirty talk is just not something that you want the person in the other room to hear either. Whatever it is, dirty talk is a must for all porn actors. But good dirty talk is a must for all successful actors and can be extremely powerful and erotic in everyday life. Those 45 minutes to an hour where one is filming the sex part of an erotic movie, viewers should be mindful that not only are we talking to our co-star, but the makeup artist doing makeup on the next girl in the next room is hearing us too. So we're feeling ridiculous and embarrassed. Trust me, we get it. It's, It's something that's very common to us also. So I don't blame anyone who feels so awkward doing it in their bedroom in private because imagine us. So... Want to know what I personally do to overcome these inedible shyness aspects of it all? I'll tell you. I'll share in a couple of my secrets. The first one, I am focused on my co-star. Sure, I'm always aware of where the camera is. If I'm not paying attention to the camera, no one's ever going to see anything. Me talking and expressing myself on set to my co-star, I make sure that I'm looking at him or her. And I'm telling them exactly the truth. If he's not a big, huge dick guy, the last thing I'm going to say is, oh my God, you're so big. No, it's a fantasy, not a comedy. Remember, my main goal as an actress in the adult industry is to portray as much of a realistic and natural approach to my work. So if he's not huge, I'm not describing how big he is. I'm describing how good he's making me feel and so much for her as well. Because how much I want to have sex with them should be portrayed on camera so that you are entertained. Also, on set, my co-star and I have already discussed what we like and don't like. So we have discussed our yeses and our nos. For me, because of my immense sensitivity around my neck, I say that no biting is allowed. Sorry, not sorry. A little light nibbling, yes, all day. But straight up yanking me from my neck, no, thank you, I'm good on that. Describing what I want is easy because we've already done it before we even started shooting. But in private random hookups, the intense moment of just wanting to devour each other and rip each other's clothes off and have a good time, going through a list is not practical. 
But if you communicate it during your sex fest, not only does it allow for the dirty talk to happen, not only organically, but it also gets your partner to treat you like the king and queen that you are. And lastly, when you don't know what to say, or when you just don't really like it, just put on some good music and let that be your soundtrack. Finding your partner that respects you and your body is ultimately the personal goal, right? So when do people find that person or persons who match that kinky side of you without judgment or question? That is when the good stuff really happens. So what turns you on? What do you want to try? Next time you're with your partner or next time that you're with a special someone, ask them too. The key to all of it, just like in porn, is communication and trust and overall respect. And that's it for this week's episode of Ready Sex Chat. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Luby Tui, for sponsoring. And please don't forget to rate, like, and leave a review on iTunes. See you next week. Bye.